Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, 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 everybody. It is Wednesday, May 1st, and um, 860, if you wish to speak, you are unmuted. Hello, Jonathan. Hey, man, how you doing? Awesome, man. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How's you your week been? All right, thanks. Did you enjoy your sabbatical? Uh, always. All right. You know, sometimes you just got to get away. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Yeah, I couldn't be better. I'm, uh, I'm working at, at uh, uh, extending my days for Wednesday anyway, into the nine, you know, nine, 10 o'clock hour, because typically I'm, you know, uh, in my you know, sleep mode for getting ready for the next day by now. So, but uh, yeah, I'm doing other things to make sure I'm uh, able to stay away from this call. Well, good. We're glad to hear it. We appreciate yeah, you yeah. coming out here and being with us this evening. Oh yeah, sure. No, I, I I like what you're doing, and I think there's a lot of good information you guys bring out there, and uh, I want to hear more of it. Yeah, we try. <laughs> yeah. That's all we can do, right? Right. So now here's something for you. I got um, my state is currently. Um, underway with uh we have been without tolls for gosh i don't know 
two, three decades now. And, and now that they've found that, you know, they, they're like New York has all kinds of tolls. Massachusetts has a toll road, but not the way New York does. They're, they want to use that as a way to generate income, revenue. And, and so they're preparing to, um, you know, start. They, they've already, you know, spent a ton of dough on a study, and now they're going to move it into committee. They've moved into committee, and now they're working on, you know, I don't think that they're going to put it up for, uh, you know, a public vote. But my thing is, is once they, I mean, once they, the, the way it's going to be set up is to where they're just going to be, you know, taking pictures of your license plate and sending you a bill. So, oh, then. How do you, <laughs> how, yeah, how do you combat that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say if they don't have a actual toll booth, um. It, that would really be something, in my opinion, that the public should combat together. Um, I don't know if somebody individually would get very far on that. If you were wanting to fight it, like as an individual, what I would do is basically when um, when they send you some type of bill, I would probably get some type of documentations showing uh, and I would probably get certified from the state legislatures showing that whenever you buy gasoline, there's a tax that goes to road and construction, maintenance, yada, 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 and yeah. more or less ask them if they were double charging you for a service. Right. Well, not that. The thing is, is that, uh, and I, it's funny. This fellow, I got to go through my uh, because I, I I did archive it in my uh, in the J, my JC and the Shaman uh, uh, YouTube channel file uh, where this guy he was watching the years and he was. Hey man, your your phone's breaking up really bad. It was hard to hear that is, last part. Is it really? Well, okay. Uh, let's try it again. So anyway, yeah, that's not I have, better. I have, uh, um, I've, I've saved a number of your videos in a, a file that I have, um, and and one of the videos, a, a, a fellow that came up, and it's in, it's in the, I haven't looked at it recently, but um, one of the things that he protests is that that they're they're not giving you any value. There's nothing that they're giving you to when they charge you for a, going through a toll, and so that right. There, and there's, I guess there's a, a clause in the uniform, either the U.S. code or the uniform commercial code that uh, doesn't allow that. Yeah, and there's also a clause in the uniform commercial code and also law, like uh, they can't charge you for the same service twice. So, I mean, typically the way like uh, down here, we have a couple of toll roads and what it is is that a company actually, maybe the state builds the road, maybe a company builds the road. If the state builds the road, then a company will actually purchase that road from the state. And then it's a private company that's more or less selling the service of you being able to use that road, that toll, uh, whatever. Right. 
So <laughs> at the same time, e even if you were to fight it, uh, they're always going to send the bill typically to the whoever the car is registered to, whoever right. the vehicle is registered to. So um, the, at that point, it's, well, who saw me go through the toll? Like, who can oh, verify yeah. that I, I was the one driving the car when this happened? Right. Exactly. That's another issue, too. Right. I mean, that's one thing. I remember when I was probably 17 or 18 and they started putting up all the traffic cameras um, on the interstate. Right. Uh, up in North Carolina, it was Charlotte, where I first heard of this problem. And they were talking about people were starting to get speeding tickets from the traffic cameras. And that only lasted for about a year, year and a half. And then they got it overturned because there was no officer to pull over the car and verify who was driving. So a uh -huh. lot of 16-year-olds, for instance, their parents bought their car for them. Uh, the, you know, they weren't driving the car. If the car is speeding, it, you shouldn't give me a $120 ticket because right, right, my... Right. So, you know, I mean, that's, uh, there, there's several ways of going about it, and it's all about which one you would wish to do, uh, proceed with, and then once you start going about it, it's also about how how they answer and then what you're going to answer. I mean, once you get into the game, it's much like a tennis match where somebody serves the tennis ball over the net, you got to mm -hmm. hit it back over to them. They got to hit it back over to you, except it's done with words and performance. So, Sean be on the call tonight? Uh, Sean's on the call right now. Um, okay. I muted him, but... Yeah, I do know that he hasn't been feeling well. Well, I wouldn't want to interrupt y'all. You guys were talking, so I just listened. Huh? Right. Yeah, those traffic camera tickets are stupid. Yeah, I agree. They don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. Some states yeah, well, picked them up. I think Florida's one of them. Well, I don't Some know if you... If you were on at the beginning of the conversation, but he was talking about up in his state, I guess they're going to make some public roads, toll roads, and they're just going to yeah. use the cameras to charge people tolls. <clears throat> That's going to be really interesting because in most states, uh, like in Tennessee, it's a Class C misdemeanor. It has to be committed in the presence of an officer. That's even in illegal land. You can't punish somebody else for what somebody else did. That's essentially well, what they're willing to do. Well, what the the real problem is what they're doing is they're gonna they're gonna uh, they're gonna create an agency that oversees all this, so it's gonna be out of the elected officials' hands. Like a Department of uh, you know transportation uh, uh, function. Yeah, well, this is where I was saying, if you have like a public group, public support, 
and people are willing to uh, combat this as a as a unit, as a group, uh, the legislature can make some agency to take some type of responsibility out of their hand. But if that is not working for the public and they get in contact with the legislature in mass, then the legislature absolutely has the authority to abolish whatever it creates. Well, I mean, everything is policy, man, over there. And there's either public policy, which is what the governments are going under anyway, or there's law. So, right, but driving, what, what driving and toll roads and all that, man, it's all policy. The only problem is once they create those agencies, they're hard to get rid of. Look at the, you know, the ATF and stuff like that. What was that, man? Your phone was breaking up really bad again. Problem is, when they create those agencies, they're hard to get rid of them, all right? Like the ATF or something like that. Well, I think the... the real problem. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the ATF is absolutely hilarious. Like, let's create an agency to go after everything that's actually legal. Right, but but there again, try and try and get rid of it. Can't well, they almost they almost did, <laughs> but after Ruby Ridge and all that, I'm an ace of getting rid of it. But <clears throat> and this is not meant in any way like negative or anything. Really, just a point of fact. I watched a little video today of Donald Trump at at the NRA thing where he was gonna. Get Congress to reject and pull the United States out of the Small Arms Treaty through the United Nations, and he was doing something else, and he had everybody whipped up, and they were all clapping, and he was signing this, and I mean, it was this big fiasco, and it was funny as hell. And then you look at some of the comments; there's thousands of them. I read about 40 of them, and this one was bitching that. You know, he's he's against the Constitution. He doesn't even understand the Constitution, our Constitution. And then you had this group going, you know, we have a Second Amendment right. It was just back and forth, and actually nobody understood what they were talking about. And uh, they were all talking about what the problem was, was guns, and the problem was that he took away the guns, and the other people said, no, it's probably not enough guns. And uh, and I just asked him a simple, I actually, I didn't ask him. I said, no, the real problem is, is you think this one guy has the authority to tell you whether or not you can have a gun. That, that's the problem. Like, the problem isn't the agencies. The problem is, is the belief in those agencies. Like, the only way to strangle this dog is to not strangle the dog. You just don't participate, and it withers away and dies. If you don't feed energy to it, it'll die. Because it won't have anybody to believe in it. And it will have to morph. It's going to have to morph. Otherwise, it will completely just go away. It has to be relevant. Otherwise, it's irrelevant. I know that sounds like a goofy statement, but if you really think about what I'm saying, if you don't care about having the driver's license, who gives a shit? What are they going to do? Kill you? Maybe. That's happened before. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying, though? It's like you don't have to have a driver's license. Plain and simple. And even in their world, they say that. I had a big debate with a former police captain about this, and he's like, well, in their world, they do this and this. I'm like, no, man. In their world, they're not even following their own damn rules. They don't even know what the definition of a driver is. I said, basically, what they're doing is whatever they want. That's what that's what's right. happening. You have people who have gone off the grid, man, on both sides. They're just the other side is just doing whatever they want to do, and that's what they consider law. And that's feudalism. Right. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be that bad if they actually uh, stuck to one form of law or another. You know, the but then I agree with Sean. They just make up whatever they want. Right. They've degraded right. into a tyranny. That's all there is to it. But the only way they can be powerful is by everybody giving them power. Like that, that tyranny would have no power if everybody quit tomorrow. It's like how many world wars could you have if nobody showed up? Hey, we're going to have a world right. war with Russia. Uh, I'm going to go drink a margarita, man. I'll see you. Yep. Well, here's something. Here's something to think about. When we had one day that year, our, our group she had, she hosted a legislative update, what they call she called, and in that legislative update, one of the and one of the reasons why I went there is because I wanted to ask her what she's legislator. And so she went through her whole presentation, whole PowerPoint and stuff like that. And throughout the thing, you know, there were people that were asking questions sporadically. And then when she ended, um, you know, she had feel, you know, people, some folks, you know, left, got the information they wanted, and then she ended up staying for a little bit longer to feel questions. But one of the things she talked about at the beginning of the session where there was a bunch of boaters. On, on our waterways that had for some reason um, where they were turning up these um, balloons in their propellers so, and, and so they and, and they in turn contacted the legislature said you got to do something about this and that's the problem the people instead of realizing that our government is there to protect our rights liberties freedoms and property they, they're supposed to be doing all this other stuff. And they say, wait a minute, someone's got to do something about this. Oh, I'm going to call my legislator. And that's the problem. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you, can you say about the last 12 seconds of what you just said again? Yeah, I, 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 what I said was, um, I, you know, I, I was speaking to my legislator and, and she was talking about how a group of voters had come to her and 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 complained because they were churning up these these balloons that were for some reason were out in the water in their propellers and 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 they went to her for a solution and after she she went she talked about that my my whole purpose for being at this meeting was to ask her what the of government was and and when she said it's to protect the people i said well that's that in general that's great but more specifically the government's 
job is to protect the people's rights, liberties, freedoms, and property. And, and what the problem is, is all of these knuckleheads come to the legislature because they got to solve these other stupid problems. And the legislature think they're supposed to do that. If you don't mind, can I give you a point of view on that? The government's job is not to protect your rights, freedoms, or property. See that? That's a problem. Sure, I'm good. Huh? See, that's the problem. Everybody believes well, that, and it's not true. Government was never created for that. Government was government. John's gone over this, you know, a lot. Govern and mint. Oh is mental, right, to control the mind. That's to govern is to control right. and mint. The government was control was created to extract and control your mind and your property. Government is basically created for wicked men who can't follow the law on their own. <clears throat> That's why the government's out of control is because man is lawless. And the more they lean on government, the more tyrannical government's going to get because they're going to go to their legislators and ask them to say, will you make that guy quit making balloons, please? That's I my mean, point. Yeah. How asinine. You see my point? Like, it's just, a, it, sooner or later, there's a law against, there's, you know, quote, law against everything. Like, you can't do anything. Right. Because right. they, I mean, they have to, they feel like they have to control every aspect of your life. Well, that only happens through consent. You see what I'm saying? The problem isn't them. The problem's us. The people have got to think a different way of this. Like, man, this, do people really need government to get through their day? Is, there, is it really not necessary? Not at all. You see Some my point? Right, yeah, right. I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't need them. I do all kinds of shit all day long, man. I don't ask anybody's permission or what they think right, about it. If, I do just fine. No, I, I, I get that. But if, if someone, <laughs> if, if there was a, another party from another area that was coming over, you know, and, and you couldn't defend yourself, you needed help, that's why the societies and governments create societies and governments that are created to, for uh, within the people. Well, I mean, I would disagree. I don't think that's even why they created themselves. But I mean, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, I do, I do agree with you to a point. But I mean, the reality is, is <clears throat> I mean, like I wouldn't call the cops if somebody broke in my house. Maybe to pick their dead ass carcass up. <laughs> I was about to say. Well, right. But I mean, it ain't going to be, hey, I need help. Maybe he'll call him asking for help. But I, the point is, is like, people got to learn to defend themselves and think for themselves. Right. And then, right. technically speaking, we should be defending each other, right? I agree. Yeah. Community. Yeah. But the minute you pass that buck to some entity called government, and I know you're not. And and I know it's almost semantical, but I am trying to get a point across, and it's kind of funny you brought that stuff up because it brought me right back to that little video of Trump. You know, the, one of the bigger problems, John and I talked about this today. First of all, everybody thinks they're a leader when they're not. And people like, like I don't know how many people on the call follow Game of Thrones, but, you know, everybody in Game of Thrones has like a strength or a weakness, and sometimes the line between good and evil is a little blurred. What's good, what's bad, you know, why'd they do it? There's all these reasons, and 
there's all these things going on, you know, but one of the main thing is, is like, okay, well, this guy might be a really strong swordsman. This other guy may be a great, you know, strategic thinker, you know, a general. You know, not everybody's a general. Some people are great captains and some people are great generals. And focusing in on those strengths and utilizing them together, I think would help a lot of our problems. But, you know, right now I think we have a lot of, weak constitution to people and a lot of vain people. It's really causing a lot of problems. Ignorance right. is a big well, factor too. I, I thought well in by 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 the same time ignorance was Hey man, I don't know what's going on but you you're breaking up. We can't hear anything else. Really? I can't uh, huh. Wow. So, but on, on that note, I'd actually like to add, I was having a conversation with somebody last night and they were complaining about Trump and, and I just stopped them in their tracks and I go, you know, just name one thing Trump has done that that's affected your life personally. Right, right. You know, and, and they really couldn't come up with anything. And, and that's the way I kind of view government, especially big government like the federal government, is all of these people go out and vote and they put all of this energy towards it and they think they're making some kind of difference. But when it comes down to it, the federal government, it doesn't implement a lot of stuff that really on the day-to-day -day basis interferes or impacts anybody's lives. The real thing that interferes or impacts anybody's lives is the way that we treat each other in, in our own network circle of friends in our own community and until people start to realize that then they're they're just going to be lost i mean the government the federal government is huge and and very very invasive today but it wasn't always that way so i can show you things like the social security act of 1937 and that was an act that the federal government implemented that affects absolutely everybody today. But when they actually implemented it, it didn't affect everybody. Not everybody had to go out the next day in 1938 and go apply for a social security card just to make sure that they had food to put on, on the table. It was a very small portion of society. And, but using that ground base, using that structure, Today, it's almost impossible for anybody to do anything without a social security number. It's almost impossible for anybody to get a job without a tax identification number. And that's the way that the federal government's kind of set up is, okay, we're going to implement these things today, but we won't make it to where it really affects people's lives until... 15, 20 years down the line, because if we made it really affect people's lives tomorrow, uh, people would get upset. They they would disagree. They would protest. They wouldn't be able to handle it because the change is tough for people. Uh, yeah, I mean, people generally do not like change. Right. right. <clears throat> so, but <clears throat> you know, it's it it goes right back to consent they're able to get away with it because people consent to it at some point in time or another. Um, right. I remember 
working with a buddy of mine and he was born in 1942 and he was actually telling me that when he turned 18 he went down and applied for a social security card so that he could work he he wasn't born with a social security number most of us are unless your parents you know get take care of it right away right uh, yeah but if, if you were yeah. well, think about this if you were if you were an entrepreneur and started your own business you would need a social security number yeah i mean i can tell you that's true but i can also tell you i could probably make four times the money i make if i utilize the social security number in the irs system i could make i could be living high on the hog instead of struggling each month huh. and that's that's the truth yeah well most people don't know how to use i mean i have to admit like years ago i didn't know how to utilize that system properly it really is created in a way to benefit commerce um it's just knowing how to use it properly um and then there's also a kind of an in-between stage where you make not enough but too much and it kind of puts you in a weird position that tends to crush you a little bit but you could have things like if people knew how to use trust and they knew how to use the IRS system and they knew how to do this and that they probably would realize pretty quickly it's not not everything is as bad as they think I mean I wouldn't use the system obviously I choose not to but I will tell you it's harder <laughs> and I imagine there's gonna come a day relatively quickly where human, like when they move to SDRs and John and I kind of agree on this they're moving toward a system of SDRs when they do that it'll be it'll be impossible you'll have to barter it, well, it, it won't be impossible it, 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 to live, but it'll be hard yeah right it won't be a problem you're right you got to do a better job of bartering that's not a problem but it's the thing too is interview uh this morning on silver doctors where they interviewed a guy from india who who said you know now india was the first one that they claimed that moved they moved off of uh they moved to a cashless society he said there's more cash here than you could realize because there's no way you could do it there's just no way so i got a feeling that um you know i mean and you know how when there's a certain amount of there's a certain amount of uh, a tax burden that that a government will be able to apply on people and things and 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 up to that point okay people accept the debt everything goes around they start doing black you know in in in, in you know uh, like you said you're under the table and stuff like that yeah well i think we're uh a little bit off from a cashless society but if you look at the rate of technology improvement there there's not really going to be any need or purpose for a cash society in the future because technology is getting so good you're not going to have like cash has always been there or money has always been there to give the people in power to give the elite power structure a labor force or a workforce to build a society for them. And when they have that labor force or that workforce through robots, 
um, and other mechanical devices, electromechanical devices. <clears throat> At a certain point, there's not really going to be a purpose or a need or a desire to have cash the way that we know it. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Well, it, it, they, they also talk about it. You know, get a, you know. That too. And because it's always a, a, a um, guaranteed basic income or something like that. Yeah, the uh, yeah, I I forgot what it's called, but um, yeah, the basic income where yeah. they're talking about giving everybody thirteen hundred dollars a month or something, and whatever it is, yeah, certain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about artificial intelligence. You can, you know, robot, whatever, it doesn't matter. Someone's well, that's actually the reason why, for instance, um, Sophia, the robot that they have over in Saudi Arabia, is actually a citizen of Saudi Arabia. I believe the whole reason that Saudi Arabia granted a robot person citizenship was uh, to tax it, to be able to tax the citizen. And, of course, oh, Sophia yeah. plays in the stock market and does this and that. I'm sure she's making a lot of money. Or it's making a lot of money. So I like I, the Saudis I'll, need that money. Uh, right? They don't have enough. So I don't remember if it's star two or star six, but if anybody wishes to raise their hand and join the conversation, feel free. Or if you're uh, just listening on the computer, if you have a question or something that you wish to put up into the chat, feel free to do that. So, but yeah, I mean, Sophie is the first robot citizen of a nation. I'm sure Sophia will not be the last robot citizen. Right. And what's the company up in Boston? Is it Boston Robotics or whatever, the one that uh, falls under DARPA and works on all of the um, robot like stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. I think it might be right, though. You know, and I mean, I remember when they unveiled the dog back in probably 2011 or 2012. And they were talking about the complications with making a robot more or less humanoid, for lack of a better term. Uh, but walking upright and having hands and fingers. And one of the things was the balance of keeping something like that balanced, walking upright. And now they have them. I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw a YouTube video with some things like that maybe two years ago, one of them was doing a backflip, just standing still. So it won't be yeah, long until we get to the point of iRobot. No, 
especially with technology doubling every, what, two years. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I really like about that movie, iRobot, is if you go and look at the cover or the movie poster, the I is actually a lowercase i. I you know like, what else hmm. was kind of, yeah, I thought about that the other day. You know what else I was thinking about? What color What's was that? the brain? The brain was blue. I'm telling you, there's something with the blue eyes. Something with it. I don't know exactly what it is, but every everything like that has to do with blue eyes. Even in Game of Thrones. The 19 guys and all those walkers were blue eyes. Who knows? It's kind of strange. The blue-eyed <laughs> devils. What it is. <laughs> that reminded me of, of uh, Black Sheep. <clears throat> I remember when Tommy, or not Tommy Boy, but Chris Farley got on stage talking into the microphone after he smoked all that weed with the Jamaicans in the back. Uh, nope. He comes running out. He's all baked, and he'd been sitting back there talking to these. They had all this pro-Africa stuff, and it was all used, you know, pro-black, you know. He comes out on stage, and he goes, you got to fight be right to vote. And he's going through all this stuff because his brother's running for governor. And at the very end of it, he goes, kill Whitey. <laughs> 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 and the crowd just gets really quiet. And they're like, you know, all the dudes are in the back going, no, no, no. Well, Mark just joined us on the call. He had his hand raised. You got something to say, Mark? Yeah. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for the call, as usual. Sorry, I missed you last week. Uh, life's been crazy. Oh, that's cool. We weren't here last week, but thanks for coming out we, tonight. We, <laughs> we missed us last week too, man. Uh, the 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 blue and the blue. First of all, IBM spent tens of millions of dollars figuring out which color to come up with. The psychology of blue. If you've ever done any um, research into the psychology of color, it's actually amazing. It really is something. Uh, at the point when I was first exposed to it was um, <clears throat> stuff I've never even thought of, never crossed my mind, but I've never forgotten it since. But understand this. Every single dictatorship and, uh, uh, well, certainly Hitler, <clears throat> they're tied to genetics. It's genetics in that if you you look at um, the fact that every president of the United States except one is related, and you tie that into the family of 300, and you can call it conspiracy, you can call it fact, whatever. It's just it's it's fact. It's out there. You can call it whatever you want, but the one of the pillars of all dictatorships is genetics. And if you look at any supernatural movie there is, any of them, every single one of them, include genetics. This person has to breed with this person to have this child and this offspring. It's all tied to genetics. And that actually rolls back 
to Genesis 6, and a lot of people don't like it, but uh, I don't, that's the way I see it. Um, it. But it is no accident that it's blue. There's no accident that when you study... What does, uh, what does blue mean? I know red is like power. What does blue signify? Uh, same thing. Power, blue chips is the reason to call blue chips success. Uh, power, strength, blue blood, blue eyes, blue bloods. The 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 blue eyes comes from a genetic pool, which ties into a a, a belief of a pure genetic race. Now that's Hitler the only was, thing I could come up with was the Aryan race because that was blonde hair, blue eyed thing. But I, I I wasn't sure that was totally it. Well, yeah, and that. That has a lot, I mean, foreign policy. I mean, it's it's not a something that you could put your, your mind around in a short period of time. It, it takes time to look at it. And I'm not saying that you look at the same information and come up with the same um, conclusion. And that conclusion is not set in stone. However, it's, it's pretty damn close. And I don't care what the truth is I just want to know the truth and you cannot study world history and you cannot study war and you cannot study uh, oppressive leaders and not at some point uh, consistently run into genetics that's it's a thread throughout all of it <laughs> Pull the pen has been unmuted. He's going to join the conversation. Good evening, man. Thanks. Blue eyes is a curse. <laughs> I like them from bitch eyes. But, uh, yeah. Can't hear you, dude. Can't, can't hear you. Okay, well, I'll just move out. No worries. Ciao. All right, I guess he muted up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, the whole thing about genetics and the uh, genealogy of what's going on in America today, uh, Eric's somebody, I forgot his last name, but he actually had something posted up on Ancestry.com that went through and talked about the genetics and how all of the presidents were related to the Merovingian and um, what's the uh, the Charlemagne bloodline. And it was, it was a really interesting post. I think the most interesting part about it was that uh, Ancestry.com didn't take it down pretty immediately. So I, I don't know if it's still up there now, but... It was up there for years. I used to use it as a source to show people, like, hey, look. It's a mingling of the physical and the spiritual world is what it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen throughout history. 
that my mind it shows you the hidden spiritual force that kind of underlines reality. One example I I like to use for this is the coincidences between the JFK and um, Abraham Lincoln assassination. Uh, you know, I mean, they were both um, the first term to Senate was exactly a hundred years apart. Uh, Lincoln was killed in Ford Theater. JFK was killed in a Lincoln car. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of similarities that happen that, in my mind, nobody could have just conspired to plan it out that way because they happened a hundred years apart. Well, yeah, but the strongest threat in all of it is they were fucking with the bankers. Yeah, I mean, right. messing with the bankers is typically a surefire way to get a bullet to the head. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, Saddam Hussein, one of them. Yeah, I mean, there were uh, several. Gaddafi, Gaddafi did it, too. They were right. like gold coins. Right. Chavez in Venezuela. Yeah, I mean, there have been multiple governments taken out in the past 50 years because they tried to uh, come out with some sovereign form of currency. In fact, sovereign, the word sovereign is one definition of it is a gold coin. And I forgot exactly what the weight is. I think it's more than an ounce, but less than a pound. Well, for years, <clears throat> I started off studying theology because that's, that's the way I was raised, and then I had questions with that. And um, Then as I got older, you know, I voted and got involved in politics. And uh, for, I mean, at least a decade, I tried to keep all of that separate. It just... Uh, um, and I can't exactly tell you why. I was just... I don't know if I was mentally capable at the time, but um, I kept them separate. But the more I got into the study of government, history, banking, uh, you know, philosophy, it, it intersects and it is just like the DNA. It's woven together and it's inseparable. And uh, <clears throat> it's, you know... We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, and and to think that uh, this world is a big cosmic accident is just um, I, I can't even comprehend that. But it's it's interwoven, and it's there. Well, there is something there for sure. So, but hey, Mark, how's everything going? Aren't don't you have a, a hearing or something coming up soon? Yes, sir, I do, and um, there is much angst with that. It's on Monday to sale, 
and I'm still working on the documents and my life's been crazy and so I'm behind on that and so you know a couple questions I have is can I file a, an injunction to stop the sale I'm uh I'm sure you could try to file an injunction to stop the sale. Have you thought about a Liz Pendens? Yes, you and I talked about that briefly. I'm not sure a Liz Pendens would stop it. What do you think it would? Well, I mean, a Liz Pendens isn't guaranteed to stop the sale, but one thing that it would probably do is stop anyone from buying it. It, it wouldn't stop the bank from actually doing it. And so it's still a sale. Now, to me, in my mind, the ace hole is to switch from Chapter 7 to Chapter 13. And um, that's my ace and hole. I don't want to use that unless I have to. But as I get deep into this, there's not much time left. It's Monday, you know. Uh, so if, if I switch that, unless there's just something I've totally missed, um, they would have to totally start over as far as, um, you know, uh, following stuff with the court, asking for a relief of stay, and then advertising again, and then establishing a new sale date. So to me, in my mind, that's the ace in the hole. So I'm thinking of doing several things. I'm thinking about doing a list pendants. I'm preparing right now. It's all over my kitchen table. The um, affidavit from Dan Benham, and then um, an injunction <clears throat> to stop the sale. So I'm looking at those those things. I mean, what are your what are your what are your thoughts? Well, I would say, like, um, if you're going to go with a couple of those other things, I wouldn't necessarily go with the Liz Pendens as well. Uh, Liz Pendens is basically notice of a suit coming, you know, future lawsuit. So if you're going to do a Liz Pendens, I would wait until it's closer to actually being sold. Uh, Liz Pendens typically will... Well, Monday buy. is the sale day. But hey, listen, Monday's a sell date. I mean, how much closer do I need to get? Yeah, well, here's the thing is that if you, you know, say you switch from a chapter seven to a chapter 13, then I wouldn't do a Liz Pendens on top of that because it's going to push everything so far back that I would wait until it comes back up again. Well, the thing is, if I do it from Chapter 7 to Chapter 13, there's a certain time frame that comes along with that. And I don't want to trigger that time frame. I will if I have to, but I don't want to trigger that time frame and start the clock if I don't have to. What's the time frame? It's everything to do with... Uh, I have to, and I don't know the exact dates, but I have to then come up with a, a, a repayment plan over five years, then have to have verifiable income, 
that would show that I have the, the capabilities of making those payments and that I have the right debt ratios so that it's feasible, you know. Um, and so that's that's fine, and I'll I'll do that. But um, if I could keep that H in the hole down the road, you know, I would I would like to do that. And at, on the other hand, I'm sort of viewing this as uh, if I do a couple different things within, say, the next week, you know, I. File for you know this is what I don't understand. If I file for an injunction to stop it, say I do that on Friday, how do I know if it is approved? And then how do I know that they'll actually approve it and/or stop it? I mean, I, I don't I don't know that. Do you know that? Well, I'm sure that if you file for an injunction, um. Sure, if you file for an injunction, they're going to have some type of hearing, set up a hearing so that you can argue for why you should have the injunction. The other side can argue why you should not have the injunction because uh, you're basically making a motion with filing the injunction. And my guess would be that I might not wait till Friday um, because of be somewhat difficult to go ahead and get the other party served and to prove uh, proof of service. Um, if you're going to file... Well, but if, file I, if I send it, if I give it to the court and let them know that it's in the process of being served and I don't have proof of that, uh, I mean, what is the difference? Does that make sense? Would that uh, still work? Really. I mean, you could file it into the court and then serve them. You could uh, serve them uh, on your way to the courthouse. You could go by the post office, get a green card, or I, I don't think it's green when, yeah, maybe it is green. I mean, you don't it's have green to have for anybody, signature. Yeah, you don't have to have anybody sign for it, um, but you definitely want something that certified it got there. And then the proof of service would just be you writing up a document saying, you know, I verify that at 10, 15 a.m. I mail the other party said document. Right, I do a, an, aff an affidavit of service. Uh, you could do an affidavit of service. So typically when you do an affidavit, even if it's an affidavit of service, they're going to require, for instance, um, some type of notary. Okay, so I get it notarized. Yeah, I mean, uh, a real easy way to get it notarized is to run by a bank. If you have a bank account at any bank, they'll uh, typically notarize documents for you for free. Right. Well, I could find a notary somewhere, and you know, have them have them have them do that. But if I if I file an injunction, I mean, tomorrow's Thursday. <clears throat> so if I filed an injunction, and then delivered it to the court on Friday 
morning, say, <clears throat> that, hey, look, here's my affidavit of service that I've sent this. Here's the paperwork from the courthouse or from the post office saying that I mailed it with, you know, verification of signature or verification of receipt. Would that then stop? Would they then stop the sale on Monday? Well, that question I can't answer for you because I haven't seen a situation like that happen or occur. Um, I do think that it would probably frustrate the opposing party and the court, um, regardless of what frustrate happens. Them, they, but they, they would say, frustrate why didn't them? we do this a month ago? Okay, well, this is, ago. tell me, well, tell me, uh, this is new information. How about that? I mean, how about, can't you take, say, hey, right, this is new information. I need discovery. Um, you know. Did, uh, did you not get discovery before? Well, I, I mean, not that I'm aware of. I mean, do, you, do they give you a period of discovery? During, uh, yeah, I mean, whenever you're starting some type of action, uh, you know, the file, the action gets filed, and as soon as the other party's served, um, typically you can just ask for discovery. Uh, I mean, well, every now I didn't and then, if one party's not cooperating at all, it, maybe you got to go in and have a motion like to compel discovery. Yeah, well, I've not done any of that, so you know, I'm I'm slowly figuring this stuff out. You know, I know you guys know it better than I do, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying you know everything, but I'm saying you know a whole lot more than I do. You know, so I'm behind on some of the stuff that I should have done had I had more information, and you know, I would have handled it sooner. Part of it is I'm I'm nervous about it. You know I'm taking this seriously. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, for instance, did you ever have any type of judicial hearing on the foreclosure? Well, yeah. It was it was switched to a uh, uh, an attorney for a hearing with an attorney rather than with a court. And I asked for a trial by jury and they said, you can't do that. Uh, yeah, you, you can't do that. Um, but I mean, here in South Carolina, you have the right to have a judicial hearing on it. Uh, did you ever object to the attorney hearing it? Well, no, but at the hearing, I said, I told them, I said, you know, this is a judicial state. I, I want to trial, jury trial. And he's, he's, the attorney that is the moderator, or, you know, he said, you, you can't do that. Yeah, well, typically when you sign a mortgage, 
with the bank they always have in there because people don't like banks so banks don't like going before juries so whenever somebody signs a mortgage or something to that effect with the bank typically the bank will require that if there is any controversy in the contract that it has to go uh before a judge or a magistrate that you can't bring a trial by jury so mediation uh, yeah, I mean, if you go to mediation, they can't force you to do mediation, but if you're mediating um, the legal rights of the property, your home that you live at, you can definitely require, but you're going to have to tell them you require a move before a judicial officer. Well, it's not... Uh... An attorney appointed, apparently appointed by the court, does that not meet that requirement? No. Okay, yeah, well. And the other thing is, and this is the reason why I wouldn't go in front of an attorney, is because attorneys, I mean, some attorneys know law, but for the most part, attorneys don't necessarily know law. They know codes, policies, procedures uh things of that nature but if you went in there with your arguments in law the attorney would probably think that it's ridiculous scock at it and still run over you whereas a judicial officer would be a lot more hesitant um if it was a federal judicial officer they're actually pretty decent if you understand the law and by understanding the law, you don't have to go in there and talk about injunctions and case law and, you know, statutes, codes, the UCC, anything like that. When I mean understanding law, it's like understanding the law that's written inside of your heart. Because they all know that that's the highest law. Yeah. How do well okay? I've gone through this. I don't have that, so uh, I don't know where to get an injunction form. I don't know how to fill it out. You know. Well, I mean, an injunction isn't just gonna have like a form. Even attorneys, when they file injunctions, they're always gonna create because it's very case specific. So it's not like, uh, you know, put the information for line one here, put the information for line two here. Um, an injunction is very case specific, very um, situation specific, which is why even an attorney would take the time to write up their own form for an injunction so that they can explain their case, their cause of action, why the court should award this injunction to them and not allow the other party to proceed right but there's not still somewhat of a, there's still a format or you know an outline i mean i could look one up somewhere online i mean that's what i was planning on doing yeah i'll actually tell you a better way than looking um a format or something up online 
would be actually go down to the law library and see what that's the case law was what for the exactly elements of that's the why injunction I, that's why i asked you where the court or that library is because i was wanting to do that last week because you know can't you find the forms and uh, you know isn't there a, there's a book in there that has a format for all the forms to file any motion right I don't know the name of it I can't remember but isn't there one isn't there what a book that shows examples of all these different ones all these different the the format to file all this stuff um, I mean they have different books that show formats in fact a lot of states have uh, books like a retired attorneys need to make more money so after they retire they'll write a book saying you know this is how I practice law this is the formats that I use this is the elements that you should have in this document or that document uh, this was the layout that I use so from state to state because each state practices a different type of code or procedure and that's from the attorney's point of view uh, each state typically has books dealing with that state's codes procedures. right so I, right but I just need South Carolina right now I mean I know there's other states and all that but uh, and isn't there some kind of book that's in the law library that has examples of this that's not tied to uh, any particular attorney that's written something to make money there's just a book in from my understanding from some seminar that I've heard um, and I just figured <coughs> that if I went to the law library I could find that book that would have examples of how to do Liz Pendant, how to do, you know, uh, how to, you know, file a lawsuit, all this stuff. I think Sean's dying. You all right, Sean? Um, better than I was yesterday, but not so good now. I'm kind of sick. Uh, Man, maybe maybe it would behoove you to hire like an attorney who would just kind of be like a co-counsel, just somebody who you could talk to to find these things out or help you with these documents and stuff if you're going to pursue that route. Because I mean, it's like you're like I think I believe that I could maybe if I found and I heard that. I mean, that's no way to go to court, brother. Like, you, I mean, I'm just trying to help you. Like, well, I, I agree with you 100%. You, well, I think what John's trying to tell you is there's tons of books with tons of examples, but you're going to have to try to narrow it down to exactly what you need, and you're going to have to do that very, very quickly. So, I mean, if, right, I, and I, that's if what I was going to go, if I was going to go the route you're going then I, I probably would just go down and say, hey, man, you know, I'm just going to hire you. I don't really wish for you to go to court for me, but, you know, 
uh, I would really appreciate it if I could hire you to help me write these documents and just kind of explain some of the questions to me from the legal side. I think it, that you could probably find somebody to do that with you. I'm trying to think of that guy's name. There's a there's actually a dude who understands that stuff really really well. He's not an attorney. Um, he teaches online. I'm trying to think of his name. I, I'm my brain isn't functioning all the way though, so I'll try to think of it while we're on the phone. There's a guy who kind of talks to people about all these things on his uh, radio show. Well, I think could that be, could that be right, Mark Stevens? Mark Stevens. Mm. Mm. See, I mean that name sounds familiar. Rod Class sounds familiar. Yeah, there's so many Rod people. Kurt Tallenbach. I mean, there's, you just get into so many aspects. I mean, under the I'll tell you somebody you'd probably be good to talk to about it. Just hit me is Brian from Ohio. Brian is, yeah, he's slick, man. He's like a freaking photographic memory encyclopedia guy. He can recall things like insane. And yeah, he's probably busy I don't think he's that. on the call this evening. He's not. He's pretty busy right now. He's actually this is where he's getting some finally getting some work, detailing cars and stuff. He's a great artist. But um, I don't know. When did you say you have court? Monday? No, Monday. he said the house is getting sold Monday. So that's there right. is like, one thing. I'm pretty. To... That's the other thing. Like you haven't been to court yet, have you? Have they already? Yeah, been I mean. Cause... Okay, I wasn't they... sure because here's what I'll tell you. A lot of times at those, like when they do those sales, they'll sell them to banks. But their bank doesn't show up. A lot of times they just say the bank bought it, but the bank isn't really there. And oh, no, I've up. never seen it. I've never. The bank has always shown up. I don't know. Oh, for you? Yeah, I, maybe you. I, I, don't, I mean, I've heard of other people definitely having the bank not actually be there. Oh, well, that's interesting because I've been to a bunch of sales, I don't know, a dozen, to buy the properties, you know, that are for sale. And every single time, the, the uh, bank was there to put in the bid. Every single time. Yeah. Are you in? You're in Tennessee, so it could be a little different. Yeah, I mean, I'm no expert on it by any stretch. I don't know that much about foreclosures and stuff. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily go about it the way you're going about it. So I just think differently. Is there I mean, different saying I'm right? Depends what, on, what, what is, yeah. What's a different, way? a different way? How much Depends time do I have? You actually, well, you would have to do several things differently, but I don't know how much money you've actually paid. I mean, you got to remember that there's no actual debt. I mean, that's a fact. It's not like a credit card. It literally, that part of some of the guys, you'll hear like a lot of these people talk about this. This is one part they're they're accurate on. No, there is no contract, and there was never any money exchanged. Like, the bank never put up anything. Right. I understand all those things. Okay. So, I, so if, you, if you understand all that, then you would know that, you know, again, it's how are they going to – I 
mean, you're kind of past that point, you know, but that would have been who says. Who do right, I well, that, like, that ties into the affidavit with Dan Benham. And that ties into filing paperwork on the original lender that did not get a, um, a B-10 form and file that with securities. Yeah, I don't know that I'd worry about all that either. I mean, you either own something or you don't. I mean, that's one thing I would... I'm not saying it's necessarily easy, but I'm saying who's going to come and verify anything. At this point, they don't need to verify anything. They're proceeding to, you know, they're steamrolling me like anybody else. Yeah, well, that's because you haven't forced anybody to verify something. Um, you know, right, you've the affidavit. Claimed, you've never claimed, wait, 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 wait. I'm not being rude, but look, you're like, what, a week away from foreclosure, and you're still arguing with us. It's like there's a way around it. And it's not necessarily easy because you got to know your crap. But I mean, you never claimed the property. You've never, John's right. You've never forced anybody to come forward and verify anything. You've never, instead of fighting them, you never asked them just to send you a bill with a bill. Of you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fight. I'm not fighting with you. I'm just saying I don't have time, and I don't understand it enough to actually execute that. And then, uh, and then. To, uh, you know, go ahead and follow through with that and saying, who is the uh, hurt party here? Who is it? Who well, do, you is remember what, do you remember what John said in the beginning, though? He was talking about the Liz pendants, and you said you wanted to go a different direction? No, I didn't say that. Off. I didn't say that. Uh, yeah, I think you wanted to get, what, was it an injunction or something instead? And John said, well, I was, you, can't do, you can't do right, that. But the, you can't do this. Well, why, why can't you file three different things in three different ways? Well, if I mean, you're not you sure, he, he wasn't sure that the list pendants was going to stop the sale. So if he's not sure, Dude, who's going to buy it? If it's, well, there's no guarantee of anything. But a list pendant, who's going to buy it? If they know as soon as they buy it, they're going to get the property. It's going to be there's going to be a suit against the, it. The bank? I, I wouldn't. I don't no. know. The the bank might buy it. The bank might buy it with the Liz pendants on it, but I don't know if they would. They would probably try and go and get the Liz pendants taken off before they bought it. Right. The bank the bank knows that if they buy it, even if they buy it for what you owe left on the mortgage, okay? If the bank buys it at that price, they're gonna have to do something to fix it up and they're not in the business of fixing up houses. So they're not gonna get a really good deal. And then after they spend excess money in fixing up the house, then they have to sell it. And if that Liz Pendens is still there, when they go to try and sell it, they're never going to sell it. So the bank will be very... Now, wait wait a minute. Yeah, no, wait a minute. They're not, because there's over 200,000. There's right at 200,000 equity in the house. All right? So whatever they pay for the house is going to be about 200000 less than it's worth. So I also... Okay, but see, here, here's the thing. Let's, let's say your house is worth $400,000, and they buy it for $200,000, and then they spend $20,000 fixing it up, 
to where they actually have it in a position where somebody will buy it from them. If there's a Liz Pendens on that property, nobody's going to pay $400,000 for the house. For $400,000 house with a Liz Pendens on it, you might get somebody to pay $100,000, but they're probably going to want you to be contracted in to where if the man or the woman executes that Liz Pendens and takes the property back, you know, basically I, takes I, the property back I agree. from them, that the bank's going to eat that. I agree with that. However, this is what happens. Once it sells, then that triggers a whole other set of actions uh, for my removal from the house. That starts the clock and the time frame. Have you ever, so, have you ever, claimed, have you ever claimed the property? At the courthouse? Uh, no, no, what do you, uh, it's called uh, claim the deed? No, I've not done, that's something else I could you never, do. You never, you never went down and said, hey, I'm Jack the Ripper, and this is my little project. This is my base. No. This is my problem. No, I've never done that. Now, I've, I've heard about it, and it's been, you know, a minute since I, uh heard that and i've thought about it and uh but i've also been you know circling you know uh before i actually swooped in and did something so i've i've been hesitant to do anything because i'm trying to educate myself in the process so when i do do it i'm not blown out of the water so in in some ways I've been paralyzed with this as I educate myself because I don't want to go in there like an idiot. Um, on the other hand, now uh, the time frame is, is you know, short. So um, my thinking is if I try three or four different things, maybe only one works. If I bank just on a Liz pendants and it doesn't work, then they foreclose on the house. It's now real estate owned. It's now owned by the bank. Then the time frame, uh, the time, uh, uh, the clock starts, and there's a time frame. Then the sheriff comes and kicks you out of the house, and you know all that shit starts. So I don't want to take that chance. All right. Well, so I, if I have, I was under the impression that they've already foreclosed on the house and. What's going to happen on Monday is they're actually going to sell the property. Well, yeah, the sale is on Monday, right? So that so, is so the they've already foreclosed of, on the property, correct? Well, the, well, foreclosure doesn't it's not consummated until they sell the property. That is the end of foreclosure. Okay. So the sale of the property is the end of foreclosure, and then it's now owned by the bank, supposedly, instead of me. And then that starts a whole other, you know, that's the time frame where the sheriff comes up and serves you the papers, and you have so many days, and if not, then they move all the shit out of your house, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Now, I don't know which one is going to work. So instead of just... I don't have enough information to know that one is going to work. So if I try claiming the deed, if I try um, uh, for uh, what, what, uh, an injunction, if I do Dan Brenham's thing, if I do three of those, one of those, and especially all three of them, 
combined, then the judge would say, this is a shit show. We need to postpone this thing. Uh, and well, yeah. Works, yeah, I was that about to say, it's been more my my experience, and Sean can tell you what his thoughts are in a second, but it's been more my experience that when people just file a bunch of stuff into the court, what it really does is it signals the judicial officer that you have no clue what you're doing, and that kind of gives them the green light to run over you. Do they not call that's called the shotgun approach, man. It don't work. Oh well, don't they then? If I do file an injunction, don't they have to deal with it? They don't have to do anything in that world. That's what you gotta understand. Look, did he file? Did he file bankruptcy? Yeah, chapter seven. You're at their mercy, man. In that in that world, you have subjugated yourself. You've asked them to take jurisdiction and handle your affairs for you. That's what you've done. But there's a lady on our uh, WhatsApp group. We've told at least 20 or 30 times the same things over and over. And we've even had some of the other people in that group say the same things over and over. She won't. She just won't listen. So she, okay. She so you're. But all right. So you're implying that I'm not listening, all right? So let, no, if I am no, that's how you're taking. That's how you're taking it. That's not what I said. I'm okay. Not, I don't like. Don't put words in my mouth, man. If I if I say all right, I'm not, not listening, believe me, I'm an asshole. I will tell you what I think. Ask John. That's not an you, asshole, I dude. I, <laughs> I don't. That's no That's that. That's not being bad. being real. I'm saying that she doesn't listen. She will not understand okay and what i'm trying to say to you is when you go make some worlds like that john is 100 percent right here's what the judge he goes this guy doesn't know anything he's just trying and, and one and one of those will actually cancel the other one out like you're trying to do a you know a common law remedy and then you go over here and you get and i'm not saying you're going to get an attorney i'm just saying this like so you you're over here and then then you go over here and you do bankruptcy and then you get an attorney and you do an injunction and then then you come over here and do a little pendants, and then you, you see what I'm saying? Like, judge is going to be like, this guy, yeah, this, just don't worry about it. Sell the house. That's what they're going to do. They're not even going to, they don't have to do any, and they don't have to do anything in that world anyway. You're literally property at this point. I can't disagree That's with why. that. Yeah, I mean, they're going to, and they, and they, I mean, and don't take this wrong, but they have, every, you ask them to do it. Like, I mean, that's the problem in playing in the devil's yard. You know, what you thought was a benefit becomes a snare. You know, people, a lot of people thinking, I mean, you know, like if you're Donald Trump and you've got hundreds of millions of dollars and you pay some lawyer who charges you $100,000 a day, but he's going to win you back $50 million, you know, that's different. Those guys, man, they know how to utilize the bankruptcy thing. You know, I would never do that because I don't understand it. But if I believe I own property, I might claim it. Hey, well, have you, mine. have you claimed your own property? Now. <laughs> but I screwed how up did years you, ago. How did you do it I when you did up, it? Just I told you earlier, you just go, you just create your own document and you claim your property. It's not hard. So what do you think would happen if I went tomorrow? Three days before the sale, 
and I claimed my property. At this point? I can't right. honestly answer that because you're so deep. I don't know. You know, this conversation started out with, is there another way? And I was, you know, all I was trying to say is, yeah, there is another way. There are other ways than what, you know. And I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm not saying it would. But you would have to understand that whole entire aspect, too. You see what I'm saying? Like right. Whole so, other... so my strategy, you're saying you disagree with, what would be your strategy then from considering I think, this scenario? Well, I would defer to John on this because John understands it better, but I think John was trying to lead you down that way or at least suggest to you what he might do. Right, and one of the suggestions that I was is that Liz Pendens, but in, in the conversation, he doesn't know what Liz Pendens would do. Oh, well, no, Liz Pendens, so yeah, Liz Pendens is going to secure your uh, title to the property. Like, they can sell the property, they can change the deed, but the Liz Pendens is going to absolutely secure your title to that property, and that's why nobody's going to go and buy that property if it has a Liz Pendens on it. John They're not going to do it. You. He's just not promising you because we can't promise you. We don't know what anybody's going to do. I bet well, what good are you? Probably 95% sure nobody's going to buy that property. Uh, well, that makes sense. And I mean, I'm about 85% sure that if you just go and file Liz Pendens on it, they're they're not gonna have a property, so they're not gonna put up that actual cash um, without going back to court and trying to remove the Liz Pendens. Because, for instance, we were talking earlier about when you go and you sign a piece of paper saying that you'll accept the mortgage, they basically create that money out of thin air. When you go and they're buying your your property from a foreclosure, then they have to put all of that cash up front. They they don't have anybody sitting there signing to make that money appear out of thin air because the bank cannot sign to make the money appear out of thin air. Otherwise, what would they need you for? Right, and I understand they take the note, they separate the note and the mortgage, they go to the Federal Reserve, you know, the mortgage was... Hey, what? hey, Mark, what, what does any of that have to do with your house right now? You know, like, okay, yeah, I, I get that too. It's it's the way the system's set up. Is it perfect? Probably not. Does it cause a lot of problems? Absolutely. But anybody who goes into court and uses that argument is going to get absolutely ran over because what does that have to do with your case? You just brought it up. I'm not sure. You brought it up. Well, the way that I was bringing it up is, look, when the bank goes and buys the property from, I'm guessing, an auction, okay, when they're foreclosing on the property, they have to actually put up the cash. Like when you go to the bank and you're getting a loan for that home, they want you to put up the cash, which is typically 10%, and then you put up the rest of the cash by your signature. When the bank is foreclosing on you and they go and purchase the home from some sort of public auction, supposedly, they have to actually put up that cash. They actually have to balance the books and show 
here's where the $200,000 came from to pay off this home. That is a very, very large bet if they don't know that they can sell it. If there's a list on it and they think that they can't ever sell it, they're they're not going to put that $200,000. They're not going to put that on the especially table. Especially if they got to put money. Especially if they got to put money into it to fix it up. I mean, would you would you throw a two hundred thousand dollars out with a fifty fifty or a sixty forty chance you're not going to get your money back? Yeah, I mean, I've got that much money in the door of my car. No, and quarters and nickels, so. <laughs> no, just, no, no, I wouldn't do that. You, okay, there you no. go. No, no, I'll be facetious. They can go down the road and buy a $50,000 house, put $15,000 into it, and turn around and sell for $150,000. Why would they? You see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, but that wouldn't solve the issue on their books and with their investors and their ROI with the mortgage-backed securities. and the. You're, you're, making, you're making everything way too complicated, dude. It's just do's and don'ts. Look, they're not going to – I agree with John, 85 90% sure nobody's going to buy it because it's got a list pendants on it, and that buys you time. And it's a different way than doing the injunction and the code UCC of the 1497 of Chubb Sector A if I just, you know, if I stand – I mean, you just don't have that kind of time. And you asked if well, there was a different way to do it, and that's what John was telling you. It's a different way of doing it. Okay. And so is another better? thing about filing an injunction is by filing an injunction, you're only moving the court to order an injunction. Just because you file an injunction doesn't mean that you're going to get an injunction or order. Right. You're basically well, begging them to do it, and they can go, nah, not today. But if not I did it under the premise, but if I did it under the premise of new information, and the um, the the fraud in the actual uh, mortgage process where they say that they loaned me money. They never loaned me money. Um, they actually went to the Federal Reserve and got it, and they, Dude, you know. you were a person, and you asked to participate in that system, and if you go in there and you start trying to say <clears throat> anything like that, the judge is going to laugh you out of the courtroom. He's going to say, you should have known better. Why did you go in there? I don't. He said, "Can you?" He's going to say, "Can you prove any of that?" Right? I mean, it's just it, the thing is, <clears throat> I'm not being hateful. I'm not. It's just you're wasting your time. They don't have to do anything, dude. They're going to do whatever necessary and proper, and they're going to cover the bank's ass a whole lot faster than they will yours because the bank has money. They don't. They don't care about you and I. They just. They don't care. I hear you. <laughs> but, 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 if you know how to use the wrench, and that's what John's telling you, the judge is a wrench, you and an injunction, in our belief, would be a waste of time. The wrench would be a five-eighths, and you really need a half-inch. You know, okay, so just, would you think it would be better to claim the deed or to... Um, at this point, I, I think I agree with John. I'd do the list pendants and then get a new strategy because that's going to, you know. If nobody buys it, dude, nobody buys it. You're just going to be sitting in limbo. It gives you, I mean, hell, if it gives you three days, it gives you a week, something to get your mind together, to get, get your head wrapped around a different mindset, to get you in a different direction where you can start 
thinking about this in a different way. You're, remember at the beginning of the show I said the problem is, is that the default position is they exist and have the power? It's not that I they didn't have hear the power. That. That you, you remember I, I said, that, though, at the beginning well, of the yeah, show? Yeah, like we, the because, is, okay. All right. We give them the power. We're doing exactly that right now. When you're doing injunctions and bankruptcies and all this stuff, you're giving them the power. That's Right, okay, so let me say this. You're making an assumption in this process. I all right, and in, in, yes, in your description, and I'm not, it's just something to think about, is that the people that are going to buy this house, let's say it goes to sale, and people have done their due diligence, and I do something on Thursday or Friday before, if I file something, the people that buy it are probably not going to be aware of the fact that I filed the list pendants. Show up to the cell. Oh, yeah. Unless, 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 okay, that means I'm going to have to be standing at the courthouse. Yeah, you want your property? You're going to have to go okay, fight for it, man. Well, there's a small problem. There's a warrant out for my arrest. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not prone to go stand. Well, inside. hey, hey, you can. You can. Here's what you could do. You could go get that thing and drive it right up to the bank and give them a copy of it. Yeah, I mean, what bank? Te- technically, like Remember? because. Yeah, and I mean, because they are a party to the action that's going on right now, if you file Liz Pendens, you got to serve, you got to serve them with it. Yeah. They're going to Because know, they're, man, they're a party of interest, yeah. You're going to make right, them but, aware the moment you do that. Right, but are they going to tell the buyers that? Yeah, they have to get full disclosure. And don't you think the bank is going to spend two hundred thousand dollars? You don't think that that guy's going to say, "Hey, man, by the way, is there a list pendants on this house?" Like you said, you've done it twelve times. Like they do it every day. I guarantee you, they're going to ask that question. I would. Huh. So, what about claiming the deed versus doing the list pendants? Well, I I don't think anybody here talked about claiming the deed. I I believe Sean mentioned something about claiming property. What's the yeah, difference? I didn't say anything about the deed. I What's the difference? It's a piece of paper. I don't understand the difference. I've never heard what Sean's talking about. I've heard claiming the deed. All right, let me ask never you a question. This, I want to show you a simple way. Where are you standing right now? Uh, on the back. Uh, is there anything? Is there anything? All right, and you're holding your phone right now, right? Yep. Whose phone is that? Mine. Tell John. John, it's my phone. There you go. How are you? Got that? a deed to it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, That's how I don't have a deed. 
You're making you, you got some sort of title to that phone? I don't know. <laughs> the moment, think about it like this, brother, okay? A bank is not real, correct? It's a, it's a fictional, fictional corporation. Okay. So there is nobody named Bank of Whatever, all right? The moment you make a claim to something, this is my phone. Who is going to come into a courtroom and say it's not your phone? Well, you're saying then if I were to stand in front of the judge on the sale date and say this is my property, then the judge would postpone the sale? Well, it's a little too late for that because I don't think you're going to get a hearing between now and Monday. So pull the pen no, has his, has, has well, his hand up. I'm going to unmute him. This is what I'm thinking is that if I, if I file that they will postpone it in, in order to have a hearing. No. No, they're not. I can tell you that right now. And the reason they're not is because it's not theirs to do. It's, it, if you did a claim and you, and you wish for a hearing, that's your – dude, you have to move in action, not them. They're not going to help you do anything. As a matter of fact, they're going to try to get rid of it. But if I file, John is saying, listen, listen to the order we're saying. John's saying if you do the list pendants, it increases greatly, greatly, so like 80 or 85 to 90 percent chance that nobody's going to buy it, which buys you time to claim the property as yours. Okay, let's so say I, I do that. Let's say uh, I do the list pendants. All right, and then how do I claim it like you did? What's your advice? Well, I mean. Without being facetious, like I just told you to do with the phone, the only difference is you put it on paper. You've got to handle it in both worlds. So you're going to put it on paper that you own property, you own the property. Hello? Hey man, they went dead, I guess. Yeah, I was wondering what happened. It just kind of muted all of a sudden. No, I just wanted to chime in on something that was said earlier. Um, talking with this guy, I noticed he's been on the last few calls, kind of rambles on, but um, hopefully I won't be the same. But no, it, it seemed like you and uh, um, Shaman were trying to basically say, hey, uh, now is it three or more, two or more? It shall be seen. Or so. and that's all I had to offer. Yeah, I mean, all we can do is offer our opinion and, and what we would do in these certain situations. Obviously, we're not attorneys. We don't give legal advice. No, um, I, mean, I mean, let's just cut to the chase. I mean, like you guys opened up with, it's like, hey, you know, you can bring witnesses, you know, People know what's correct and what's not correct, and things will sort themselves themselves out. Yeah, I mean that's actually a, a great thing that you brought up. Like, if you bring witnesses, not only just go and claim the property, bring witnesses. Like, hey, I, I know that he's lived there for you know 15 years, and that's his property. I've been over to his house a hundred times. Well, see, if well, listen, I. Can you hear me now, John? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what happened. It just cut out. Oh, man, I'm out. 
Yeah, I didn't hear anything what? you said, uh, John. I don't think it was all that. I think I was more or less just reiterating with the basic thing of basically all we're, you know, you asked us at this point where you're at, what would be your best option? And I have to say I agree with John. I mean, you've got to do something to at least buy yourself some time to get collected. Who said they were out? I heard somebody say they're out of here. Something happened? Uh, pulled a pen, uh, raised his hand after everything went muted, and he came on, uh, gave some suggestions before y'all started talking again. I mean, he actually gave okay. a pretty good suggestion about taking uh, witnesses, like whenever you're claiming the property, like go and take oh, witnesses. Yeah. And um, yeah. and that way it's like, hey, I, I know Mark, he's lived there for 15 years. You know, I've been over to his house a hundred times. Pull the pen, just raised his hand again. You got something yeah. else to say, man? Yeah, sure, dude. So on that note, just real quick. I mean, basically, it boils down to this. I mean, you burn it all down to say we survive. I mean, there's nothing but us and the creatures that were in the earth, correct? So, I mean, it's like, hey, uh, hey, I'm as shut in as they can. How often do I come up with this week? And I'm not going to pontificate. No, cut it short. But I mean, that's the thing. Is reaching out and having, you're having each other back. And with that, I bid you adieu. That was you again. Uh, no, I'm still here. I think we lost pull. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Mark keeps uh, texting, saying that he can't hear anything. Uh, he's on. I can't. I can't. I could understand what he was saying. I could hear him, but I could not understand him. Perhaps I've got a bad connection. Yeah, the, uh, it just sounds a little distant. Man, like, uh, yeah. I don't know if you're on the microphone or not. But... I'm on ear earphones with the computer, and I talk. Yeah, uh, that's I probably what it is. I talk under my breath. You've got a deep voice because of the family, blah, blah, blah. But sorry if I'm not coming in. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, that's all good. You, um, I mean, I can hear you a lot better now. Well, I'm actually trying to enunciate my speech. <laughs> 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 I put it on my radio show voice. <laughs> but, um, nah, man, I just, you know, I mean, I, I guess regarding this gentleman and his, I guess, quest for his own space, land, or soil, whatever it's called, you know, um, I find myself in, in precarious predicaments right now, but, um, yeah. I just want to be able to go up to another man and say, hey, do you no longer wish to occupy this land? Great. Okay, here, I'll offer you this. He says, yeah, great. And reaches down and picks up the soil off his, what he claims to be his rightful property, puts it in my hand, I give him what he wants, and then we're happy to smile. And I got people behind me who just saw what happened. And I just want to keep it like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the really easy way to keep us a fair and equal exchange of value. Hey, 
how please enlighten me how can I make that simpler? Because I wish to, because even that sounds kind of complicated. <laughs> I just, you know, hey, hey, basically, I just want to be able to walk wherever the fuck I want without you know, disturbing someone's own, someone else's peace. Yeah. You don't wish for anybody to harass and molest you, and you don't wish to harass or molest anyone else. Molest. Interesting word. Or uh, how many how many souls is that? How many what? Sorry, man. I, I'm a Michael Dagger, so I'll just uh, bow out again. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming out on the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing it. Yes, sir. It's <clears throat> Mark. It's in your mind. You're bleeding several different things in your head. I know you're aware of that, but it's like you've got to maybe use the word "but" less because it kind of tends to pull you away from the possibilities of a solution. Yeah, but. <laughs> However, hey, I, I got to I got to tell you a hysterical story. All right, <laughs> I have to. Have, this is uh, that's so funny because <clears throat> my my brother. I I grew up in a northern state. Uh, my brother and his family came down. He's 15 months younger than me. He came down, and I trained him in sales. And we go, this was uh, uh, door-to-door sales. This is 25 years ago. And I trained him through all this stuff. I had a great product. It was a great company. Everything was great. And he goes on his first pitch, and I'm, I'm with him, and I'm training him, you know, side by side. You know, I show him in front of him, boom, 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 boom. This is on, you know, the first day that I actually trained him in the field. And he does his first presentation, the very first presentation he's ever done. And the customer brings up an objection. And my brother says, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, but, and I'm training him, and so that's so much a northern statement. Yeah, but, yeah, but, and um, he's, you know, when you're bringing them down to the funnel and the focal point, you got to make a decision, and I just busted out laughing. I could not stop or control it. It was so funny because that's a, it never crossed my mind that he would say that. He's like, yeah, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, dealing with objections is so funny. So I, I had to say, yeah, but. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying. Um, so I guess you're saying do the list pens, then, which buys time, then claim the property, and then organize and come up with a strategy. Uh, what what do you have you seen Dan Brenham's uh, affidavit? No. Well, I'll send. I'll send. Uh, you know what? If you could, Sean, if if, if um, JC could send me your info. Well, it's oh, it's JC Dahlman. We have our email that you can send it to. 
how do you spell shaman? It's uh, J-C-A-N-D-S-H-A-M-A-N at gmail.com. All right, say that again. Okay, it's J-C-A-N-D-S-H-A-M-A-N at gmail.com. How do you spell dot com? C-U-M. <laughs> JC and Shaman at gmail.com. All right. I'll send yeah. you guys a copy. I'll send you a copy. Do you, do you have a right. wiki? Can you read out basic yeah, Do I have what? Do you have it on you that you can read it? I mean, like, what's the importance of an affidavit? Uh, no, I don't have it. I have about 10,000 pages of documents all over my fucking kitchen, spread out all over the table. And all. Yeah, it's in there somewhere, but um, I'll, I'll, it should be in an email somewhere. I'll look for it. And, uh, I mean, you guys could talk about something else, and I'll listen and try to look it up on email. What, well, what then, would be the importance of it is what I'm asking you. Like, why why is it something you want to share with us? What What is it about an affidavit that you would want to share with us? Well, because, he's talking about Dan Benham's affidavit uh, for foreclosure, basically where he's challenging the bank on the facts, you know, the facts that are before the court. So and and it's kind of under the same premise that you were just talking about. Like if you uh, create an affidavit or a declaration or whatever you want to call it, and you basically verify something to a court, then who's gonna come in from the other side and say that it's not true? Um, well, but I, I don't know. What, I understand what those things are. I'm just wondering what this particular one held such great importance to him that's i was just curious if basically if it was important enough for him to share i just certainly to kind of what i i believe i i believe so and it, it, it is this <clears throat> is that the original mortgage mortgage company when they do the mortgage of course there's they don't transfer any money they take and create the money off of my name my social security number all right, and they presented that to Federal Reserve, blah, blah, blah. But they sell that, all right, and they do not have ownership of the note and or the mortgage. And it is a security interest or instrument. And if they do anything in the Securities and Exchange Commissions under their jurisdiction, they have to file certain paperwork. Well, <clears throat> there's a B-10 claim form that the, anybody in uh, uh, bankruptcy or court has to have a B-10 claim form that shows that they have the rights to it. Well, they don't have the rights to it because if they, ha if they said they'd have the rights to it, they'd be in violation of the Securities and Exchange Commission's um, rules and regulations, and it would be fraud. And Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Just for the sake of this, the very first thing you said, can you repeat it? 
about the social security number. They, they it's when a, when a mortgage, when you do a mortgage, the mortgage is paid off at the day of closing. The bank will take your note and your social security number. Okay, they will present stop right there. Wait, there. stop right there. Whose uh, social security number? Mine. No, it's not yours. You're not even the beneficiary of the social security number, Boba. Read the Social Security Act. You're you're an auxiliary beneficiary at best. It's they, that's their social security number to do with whatever they wish. They can do whatever they want. Their property. You're the one that used it. And from their perspective, you're actually in an act of sedition because the moment you start even questioning the debt or telling them what to do, it's an act of war. I know two people that have used this strategy and have had the banks eliminate their debt totally on their house. Wiped it away, zero. On the, on the credit report, shows zero balance, paid in full, on time, every time, never late. How come you didn't use all that? I've just found out about it. <laughs> I've just found out about it. <laughs> and the two yeah, parties are separate. I'm telling you. Here's what I'm telling you. I can tell you right now, if you go to the Social Security Act, it's going to tell you it's not your number. It's pro- it says right on there, property of the United States. You're, you, you're a trustee. You're using their property, just like the driver's license, just like the birth certificate, all that. But they're, in a contract, you have to have full disclosure on both sides. There is no contract. You're acting as a person. There is no other side. You just made an agreement with yourself. Sean, I must say that your understanding is substantially far superior to mine. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm not trying to be superior to anything. I'm just telling you, it's just. I, I, I didn't. It wasn't. I wasn't saying. I wasn't saying that you're. Oh, okay. I wasn't, I yeah, I, I didn't think I'm trying to. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm no, just I wasn't saying that. that at all. Castle. Yeah, I, I wasn't saying that. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I'm think just, you were, man. I'm just making sure you know that. I'm just telling you. I learned all this stuff the hard way, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not. It's not ours. It's that birth certificate is an invitation to become a person. You leave the world of man and woman and become a person. That's what happens at the moment we start you. Yep. Right. A person is corporation. If you're using their stuff, if you're using their stuff, brother, who's the trustee? I I mean, I would imagine me, but I, I don't know for damn sure. I mean, I don't know. Like I was saying, as a compliment, as a compliment, I was saying you're, you, you guys, you and JC both, 
<clears throat> some of you, what you say, I understand. And I have extensive mortgage knowledge, experience, understanding. Uh, but I, I'm, I have to merge these two worlds. And, you know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but um, I, I've told JC many times, when I figure this shit out, I, I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with. But in the meantime, I don't have a whole lot of confidence. And there's a, I realize that there's a lot that I need to learn and therefore, uh, you know, I could be a bull in a china shop, or once I know the information, I could, you know, have the exactness of a brain surgeon, you know, and I, I want to be, you know, I want to have the exactness of a brain surgeon rather than being a bull in a china shop. I could be a bull in a china shop easily, and so I have enough information to be dangerous. So I'm I'm still learning all this, and uh, there's you know several motivating factors, and you know all motivations are um, in some way selfish. But uh, one, I want to solve my own issues, and two, I, I I believe that the world needs to hear this, and I'm gonna be somebody that preaches or teaches or you know you know, shares this info with, with other people and, and help build a movement. And I will do that until the day I die. But in the meantime, I have a whole lot to learn. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I think um, just getting back to one of your points, I I think that you were talking about learning how to mix these two worlds. And one of the things that we focus on quite extensively on this show is, is not to mix the worlds. Uh, you're, you're either in law or you're in legal land. Um, but typically, you shouldn't mix the worlds too much. You shouldn't be playing with common law and then going and, and relying on some type of statutory code or... Um, case law interpretation anything like that like you gotta decide which world you're gonna swim in which which pool you're gonna uh put your feet in so it's uh it's actually starting to come up on <clears throat> on 11 o'clock and i didn't read this at the beginning of the show so i actually wanted to share this this evening I, I did some some uh, Googling. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was Googling. Anyways, I came across this uh, law group in um, Arizona, and this guy, uh, this particular page is talking about domestic violence charges. And I guess over in what's Arizona, the, it's... What's uh, the name of it? What's the name of it? Well, wait just a second, and I'll... Post a link up in the in the chat. So I can't uh, see the chat. Only on the call. It's R and R Law Arizona, something like that. R and R Law Group in Arizona. Um. So, but I I just wanted to read 
something that they posted up because I find this absolutely hilarious. And so they're talking about, uh, you know, domestic violence charges usually happen because a romantic couple get into an argument, the police get called, everything's blown way out of proportion. And when they're talking about the what are defenses for domestic violence charges, well, this is hilarious. In the vast majority of cases, there are no witnesses to the incident, and the only person who is involved is the victim. This provides numerous defenses based on the rules of evidence in criminal cases regarding the admissibility of statements in court. The rule is called hearsay and is very complicated. But in general, it works like this. In general, statements that are made outside of court cannot come into court to prove what they assert. For example, let's say we have a couple, Ali and Bob. Ali and Bob get into an argument and call the police officer, cop. When the police appear, they talk to Ali. Ali tells cop that Bob yelled at her and they fought over something that was inappropriate at the time. Cop decides to arrest Bob for disorderly conduct, domestic violence. As the case progresses, Ali and Bob realize that the whole situation is completely blown over, blown out of proportion. Bob has never been in trouble before, and Ali realized that the argument was minor and has since been rectified. Wait, sorry, I scrolled down, so I just lost my... Okay. They both realized the police should never have gotten involved or been called. Now the government is unwilling to drop the charges against Bob, even though Ali is protesting and saying she doesn't want to participate. Can the government use Ali's statements to the cop that Bob was disorderly that evening against Bob? The answer is yes, but only if Ali comes into court and testifies about what happened directly. The government needs her direct testimony to establish there was a domestic relationship and that there was disorderly conduct. What if Ali does not want to come to court and testify? Can the government use what she said to the cop against Bob without her? No, this is hearsay. The cop cannot go into court and tell the judge that Ali and tell the judge that Ali's said Bob, sorry, he wrote this awful, that Ali said Bob did something. Only Ali can do that. Otherwise, anything the cop says that Ali said is called hearsay. This violates due process and Bob's ability to question the statements that Ali made out of court. Bob can't do that if, you know, they're coming from the cop's mouth and not Ali's mouth. Without Ali's direct testimony, the government has no case whatsoever and the case must be dismissed. And so this, this was their little example of, you know, one defense for a domestic violence charge, because I agree with them typically when people get charged for domestic violence, the party who I guess was the victim, I would say about 85 to 90% of the time at some point goes and says, hey, I don't want them charged you know, just drop it and the state will always keep pursuing it because in the state's eyes, you know, you're their property and they have a right to pursue a wrong or injury done to their property. So uh, then it goes on to say, do I need a domestic violence lawyer? <laughs> 
The example above illustrates a very important aspect of the hearsay rules in domestic violent cases. But in reality, the rules are significantly more complicated. In reality, there are over 20 different exceptions to the hearsay rules, and some statements are just not considered hearsay at all, even though they clearly are. A criminal defense attorney is needed to navigate these rules to ensure that the case is being properly prepared and a foundation is being laid throughout the pre-trial process. Yes, call us. Call us now. We have our number right here. Otherwise, the prosecutor will try to strong arm a person charged into taking an unnecessary plea agreement with threats of increasing penalties if they do not. And that's absolutely true. But I think it's hilarious the way that the attorney is talking about the hearsay rule, because with the 20 different exceptions to the hearsay rule, most of those are all statutory, statutorily implemented. They're, they're not rules about hearsay that come from common law. They're not rules about hearsay that come from time and memorial usage. It's, it's rules that legislatures or uh, the appellant court or the Supreme Court of a state have written up, made up, implement, and they can only implement it on their own attorneys. So <clears throat> anyways, huh? I'd like to, before we go, I'd like to read something. I'm trying to find it right now. So just uh, some food for thought. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, we will be back here next week. I guess that will be May the 8th. Yes, May the 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, while, while Sean's looking for that, I, I do have a question for you guys. Do you know why so many women are abused? I'm not even going to give a response to that, man. Because they just won't fucking listen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a punchline coming. This yeah. is too long to read. Hey. Listen to this, brother, okay? This is too long to read, but I'll give you a website to go to. It's called Patriot Games blog.wordpress.com. So Patriot Games blog.wordpress.com. Or you can remember Patriot Games and other BS. All right, go to that site and then look up in the archives over there until you find. Will the real beneficiary please stand up? It's about a three-page, about a three-page thing. It's going to show basically what it does is it takes a nuclear missile to everything Kurt Kalmbach teaches, Anna Von Rice, all those guys. It just blows. Wait, it all who teaches? Wait, who who teaches? Kurt Kalmbach and Anna Von Rice and like Heather Antusi, who's in prison. Um, I've never heard of those names. 
the birth certificate and, and how there's an account and how the Social Security this and you're the beneficiary and <clears throat> what it does is it shows you in the actual their own documents, okay? It shows you exactly what is up. Um, it'd be interesting like for you to go read that. I think it would help you a lot in some of your understandings. And then and I pushed this guy pretty heavily because he was a great researcher and he helped me understand quite a bit of stuff. And that is if you go on the informer, New History of America, it's about a five or six part series. I mean, he documents it all. And then you can go on to this website I just told you about and get the actual books, paperwork, you know, all the proof of what he's saying. It makes it a whole lot easier. There, am I gone again? Um, I no, know. I hear you. All right. Um, just I don't know if John can put that up. Well, you can't get to the chat board anyway. But I mean, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, I already put the link up on the chat. Uh, thanks, I appreciate that. I mean, guys, <clears throat> there's a lot of misunderstanding about what's going on. And it's one of the reasons why, from my perspective, I just, the best way not to deal with it is not to deal with it. It's just get the hell away from it. It's kryptonite. There's really no situation where you're going to, sooner or later, <laughs> sooner or later, you're going to get their claws into you somehow. It's just not, it's just not worth it. Hey, I, I have, you know, I have I another scenario, guys. And there's a whole religious aspect that goes to that, too, another argument about that. I have, I have, I have, a, I have a scenario dealing with the police. Uh, okay, can you make it quick? Because I'm about to kill the call. Ah well, we we don't have to. Um, I I got a ticket for driving on a closed road outside of Charlotte, right? And okay. My uh, continued the, the the court date, but um, it said no through traffic, but. I was going to a property that was very close to, to, to where it was. And uh, I, I had mentioned this earlier. I'm wondering what you think uh, is to the way I should handle it. Well, I actually think that you brought we, this up on a show maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, right. So, but, you know, the first thing that I would do is write to whoever's going to try and prosecute that ticket. So, tell me to kiss my ass. You could do that, but I'd at least try and write to him and contact him. Anyways, thanks everybody for coming out this evening. We will be back uh, next Wednesday, May the 8th. Um, 
So hopefully everybody will come back out and have some more fun. So yeah. Hey, thanks for all you do, man. Yep. Thanks, JC. Hey, JC, can I call? I'll call you tomorrow, dude. All right. All right, guys. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.